Welcome back to the Big Picture podcast series. This week, we're joined by Andrew Laxton from Mixology Communications. A very warm welcome to Andrew um, to the University of Greenwich. uh, virtual uh, seminar. Um, I'm just going to introduce Andrew. I'm sure he will. He will. Um, you know, um, when he starts his session, he will give a bit more insight into his work um, and and his background as well. But just to kind of give you a quick overview, um, Andrew has more than 30 years' experience in the public relations and media industries, where he has held global management positions with both listed and private communications groups and built networked agency models across international markets. Um, Andrew is going to talk to us today um, on the topic of the importance of being networked in a virtual world, the changing landscape of communications. Thank you very much, Andrew, and it's over to you. Thank you, Marzia. Um, welcome, everyone. Very interesting subject um, today, really kind of looking at um, the importance of really being networked in this new virtual world that we find ourselves in. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much for the kind introduction, um, Marzia. Um, a little bit of background um, about myself. I, I've been in the communications industry for, for more than three decades. Um, a long time, you know, when I first started working, um, we literally had typewriters, landlines and fax machines. That was our method of communication and a, and a huge amount has changed over a short period of time. Um, a little bit about myself. I, I kind of started uh, my career in journalism. My father was a, a Fleet Street editor. Um, I worked on the Mail on Sunday. Um, I moved to Hong Kong when I was uh, 23, worked on the South China Morning Post and uh, Hong Kong became my home for, for 25 years. And, and like quite a number of journalists, I made a, a natural uh, transgression into communications and PR. Um, and I worked with um, a, a large network group called, uh, called Publicis with their PR division, Manning, Self, and Lee. Um, I then went on to work for an Australia, Australasian outfit called Professional Public Relations, which was part of WPP. Um, and then um, the business was uh, acquired by an American organization called Grace Point Global. Um, so uh, quite a lot of experience in, in, in the PR side um, of, uh, of communications and a really varied career because it really does open your eyes to um, you know, many, many different industries. And I've, I've listed a few kind of logos of brands that I've represented but it really does kind of cover kind of deep tech, B2B tech. So ARM, ARM were acquired by SoftBank for, for 30 billion um, US dollars um, some years ago. UTC, Huawei, which was a fascinating brand. You know, we worked with from China and, and then grew the business internationally, um, even down to New Balance, you know, um, launching their football brand around the world and working with Liverpool Football Club. So a kind of a, a very kind of varied career, which uh, really kind of opened my eyes to a lot, you know, a lot of different sectors and industries. Um, a little bit about the company Mixology. Um, I really wanted to, to set up and start uh, a new generation communications agency um, that was really full of meaning, high impact uh, and purpose where we could really drive business for good and help organizations change their narrative you know um we have a a team of people that are really really passionate about smart technology sustainability lifestyle um 
And this really allows us to, to help brands through the complexity of global change that we find ourselves in now. Um, and at the same time, you know, it's really important for us to be able to explain how those brands can also make a positive contribution to society, um, you know, with true meaning, honesty, integrity. Um, and, you know, we're seeing as well that, that, that trust is, is really important. It's missing in society nowadays. Um, but communications plays a critical role in rebuilding and restoring that trust, particularly if it's delivered with honesty, passion and purpose. And, and the whole auspice, you know, the, the, the reason that Mixology became was, was we really wanted to, to help kind of shape the future um, through telling this new story that, that's been forgotten, you know, for, for a number of years. So today's um, agenda, um, it really does look at the role of authentic communications, um, how we use that to rebuild and regain the trust of a, a really quite disenfranchised society. Um, the importance of soft skills in developing kind of personal and professional uh, networks. And I'm going to finish off a little bit on the, uh, the forgotten art of writing. It, it, it's, it's something that I'm really, really passionate about, um, but with all of the channels in which we have to communicate in this modern era, it's gonna become ever more important uh, in connecting with new, uh, with new communities as we transition uh, and adapt to this virtual economy that we find ourselves in. Um, so Gen D, um, you know, if we look at the world today, we're, we're in a bit of a mess, you know, we've reached an inflection point where fake news and misinformation have become normal, um, on one hand accepted as well. Um, yet the public trust and authority figures is at an all time low. At the same time, we've become a demand generation or Gen D, you know, as I like to, to, to refer to it, where society wants to have a voice, you know, it wants to be heard and expects to be treated with honesty, compassion and respect. So the way in which we communicate with each other needs to change and it needs to really change now. So where, where did this breakdown in trust and communications start? Uh, where, where did it start to go wrong? Um, and I can almost pinpoint this to 25 years ago. Um, and this is really a time when, when before most of you were probably born um, so if we go to 1996, you will see this, this wonderful kind of block of a phone. Um, and it's the world's first mass production mobile phone with, with internet access. And this is the year that it was introduced. It was called the Nokia 9000 Communicator. Um, for me, this is kind of really the defining moment in time when we start to become lazy about how we, how we communicated with each other. Um, this results in us not really needing to make an active effort to follow the news, to socialize in person, um, because we had it all at our fingertips. And we started then to hide behind our screens. Um, and this really created a huge demise in the way in which we communicated. You know, this led to a massive digital transformation of society. Um, we saw that technology outpaced regulation. Um, 
investor appetite surge because so many people were buying huge volumes of different connected devices. It brought about an explosive growth in social media. There was no framework at all to prevent or discourage you know, online hate and trolling. We saw this, this kind of changing of the guard of influencers being um, replaced, so old authority figures being replaced by kind of new celebrities. And this all led to the generation gap dividing and getting even wider. And, you know, as I said earlier, this really did bring about this change in the guard, you know, that the people that we once trusted, prime ministers, captains of industry, royalty, you know, they were all seen as authority figures, role models and people to look up to. Um, but the role of the influencer has changed and broadened, rightly or wrongly. Um, you know, it now includes Hollywood celebrities such as the Kardashians and social media stars such as the Cyber. I mean, my, my, my youngster is, uh, is constantly glued to everything that they post nowadays. And, and, and the change in influences also brought a change in script. And, you know, there, there's this lovely kind of adage about never let the truth get in the way of a good story. But the narrative started changing, you know, it started with entertainment led to gossip and then went to money and then criticism and shaming and bullying and lies and ultimately destruction. So from entertainment, we finish with destruction every single time. And eventually this led to everything coming crashing down. You know, we really did hit rock bottom. Um, we had a complete erosion of trust and everybody was at it. You know, the worst offender being former US President Donald Trump. But other influential figures also jumped onto the bandwagon, you know, not really caring about who they bullied, what mistruths they shared, and paying really very little attention to how they behaved online. And, and I've just kind of captured here just, a, a, you know, a few examples of people abusing their position, abusing their power, not thinking who they're communicating with, um, not communicating with any level of empathy, compassion, consideration, um, nor are they actually sharing knowledge or wisdom, um, just pure hatred and stupidness. Um, so, you know, what do we, what do we lose sight of as a society? And, and I, I brought this down to five kind of key areas, empathy, we totally lost empathy, you know, our ability to demonstrate and show that we care about others. The second point, respect, you know, that understanding and appreciation that everyone is equal. Um, the third point, definitely perspective, you know, what's really, really important to us. The fourth point, positivity, you know, we weren't focusing on the good things. It was always on the negative. It was shaming, it was hate, it was division. And the fifth and final point, really purpose, you know, how could we really always strive for betterment or betterness? All of these things were missing. Now, that's all the bad news. Now, the good news is the tide is slowly beginning to turn and we are seeing a different change in behavior uh, and appetite for betterment. Um, and we're seeing this play out before our very own eyes, you know, whether it be choosing uh, to work for a company or a brand that's deemed as being responsible, 
um, whether it's changing your habits in response to an issue that you care about or buying products uh, from a brand associated with a good sustainable cause. You know, we're all part of this values-based society that is striving to make a big difference. You know, we all want to make positive contributions to society. Um, and as I said earlier at the start, you know, this is a generation that wants to be heard and spoken to with integrity, empathy, authenticity, and honesty. And we all have a really, really critical role in making sure that happens um, moving forwards. So the tide is turning. We've got some great, great examples of people's champions, people that, that are really standing up to be counted um, through pure kind of goodness, um, you know, great cause of humanity, um, no profiteering whatsoever. You know, if we look at, if we look at Captain Tom, you know, um, he inspired the nation. He raised more than 39 million pounds for NHS charities. You know, he walked a hundred lengths of his garden before he turned hundred years old. You know, uh, in, the, in the 24th day course of his fundraising, he gave over 150 media appearances. And this is a hundred year old man. Um, it led to him personally being knighted by the queen as well. I mean, totally, totally deserving, but what a humble, humble, amazing person. Um, the pandemic has also kind of highlighted this outpouring and support for the NHS and, and, and healthcare professionals. You know, the, the clap for carers uh, social movement was just a huge demonstration of outpouring of support um, for, for key NHS workers. Um, supermarkets gave priority queuing to, to NHS workers with restaurants and retailers offering discounts. Um, you know, record numbers have applied to study nursing at UK universities um, during the coronavirus pandemic. Um, but a 1% pay rise from government, mm, that's, uh, that's not really the best response, in, in my opinion. And then finally, we've got Joe Wicks, um, otherwise known as the body coach. Um, he created all these wonderful P, you know, with Joe sessions to encourage parents and children to stay active during the pandemic. Um, 950,000 people tune in to see his second live stream on YouTube. Um, he's donated more than half a million pounds from his videos to the NHS. And he's also completed 24 hour workout challenge for comic relief at the end of 2020, which raised another 2 million pounds. So there are many, many more examples of people um, who, who have really kind of embodied kind of this, this lovely spirit of empathy, of sharing, of honesty and authenticity. And this is certainly a trend that I envisage will continue moving forward. So we have this tide that's turning. We've got some wonderful examples of, of people's champions. It's also kind of brought about this new agenda. And you know, I hope that you'll agree that, that, that these four points are something that um, we're reading more and more about every day and hearing about on the news. And hopefully we're hearing about it in discussions with our friends and our families as well. So we lead off with purpose. You know, purpose is, is powerful. It's really important. It's about citizenship for good, business for good. You know, it's not about profiteering at all, far from it. The second point, social impact. Um, it's about making a positive contribution to society. Third point, ESG. You know, I'm, I'm not a great fan of acronyms and I'll talk about that later. 
but environmental, social, and governance performance. This is, this is the checks and balances that makes business, that makes government accountable. And then the fourth point, policy. We're finally, finally seeing government and business getting on board with this new drive and this new initiative around being better citizens, corporate citizens as well. Um, so with a new agenda, We've also got this changing landscape and it's it's very very complex it's very very complicated you know the, the the way we communicate has become far more complex and the manner in which we engage needs to be tailored more than it's ever been you know a singular approach just won't work and if we go back to, to the beginning of the presentation you know when i when i started my career as, as a cub reporter typewriter i had a, a phone on my desk um, and I actually think that we had a, um, a telex machine. I think the fax came kind of later. That was it. That's all we had access to in terms of the way that we could, uh, the way that we could communicate. We look at what we've got to contend with nowadays. Uh, it is vast. It's absolutely vast, um, and it's increasing by the day as well. Okay, um, each requires a very, very different approach, a different tone. Um, but when we look at um, the way that we communicate, it's still the same kind of four methods, you know, it's words, it's images, video and sound. So, so the real framework and the foundation of communications hasn't changed one iota, but the platforms in which we're able to communicate nowadays has expanded exponentially. And again, I can't stress enough, and I'll talk about this a little bit later when we're talking about writing, the art of writing, each channel here, you know, has its own tone, it has its own audience, and each with their own different content requirements. So that one size fits all, that singular approach to communication just simply doesn't work. Um, so we talked about trust, you know, this erosion of trust and, and respect and, and a lack of um, authority figures that people can look up to uh, and, 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 and follow and understand uh, and recognition with as well. Um, but we've got to start kind of reconnecting and restoring that balance and that trust. Um, and and how, how you communicate can really make a, a massive difference. And we talk about the fundamentals of communications, you know, I said before, they haven't changed. You know, um, listening is, is probably one of the, the most important skill sets. Um, that many people do not have, they do not possess. Critically, critically important. You know, you can always understand what's on the minds of the people if you listen to what's being said. So always listen intently. Um, understanding, you know, really get to know your audience, who you're talking to, who you're writing to, understand their behaviour. And then the third point is really how you reply, how you respond. So shaping your answer verbally or in written format. Use a common language, use a shared language that they will clearly understand. Um, and then really kind of coming on to kind of like how you build your own personal brand. Um, this becomes really, really important and you can really help build your brand through networking, 
and 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 we will see a time when we'll be able to socialize again and go to events and mix and mingle exchange knowledge you know one-to-one um but building your your personal brand you know writing becomes an also a, a critical component of that and i'll touch on your digital dna and your digital footprint shortly um but i just wanted to kind of start off with talking about kind of the importance of networking and soft skills which which for me are you know are still incredibly incredibly important and you know the Americans, I think, invented the term couch potatoes. We kind of have screen potatoes where people become very complacent and, and confident and happy hiding behind their screens. But nothing quite beats interpersonal, you know, connectivity, social interaction. So, uh, you know, a, a, a few things that we can consider and look at as we start to come out of lockdown and start kind of engaging and networking more as soft skills. So you know, becoming interested in other people. So focus more on being generally interested in, in other people rather than trying really hard to get other people to be interested in you. You know, it, it makes a huge difference when people actually enjoy being around you. Um, making a good impression as well. You know, that's, that's, a lot of it's down to body language, how you carry yourself, you know, your attitude, your posture, you know, it's very important because it's the first point of contact. And, you know, always remember that actions speak louder than words. Um, I've said before, be an active listener, okay? Um, when you're sincere and you demonstrate a keen interest in what the other person is saying, they will too tend to find you interesting. So encourage people to talk about themselves, especially their accomplishments, uh, and they will find you a really good conversationalist as well. Um, making people aware of their value, um, acknowledge you know, their contributions um, to others, um, and respecting people's opinions. You know, we, we don't always agree with each other, and that's a good thing. That really is a good thing. Um, but do it differently take the time to examine why the other person thinks differently from you um, and hopefully you'll be able to find some some common ground um, through that dialogue um, and of course you know always be friendly in your approach you know courteous behavior very very important a friendly disposition goes a long way um, to reaching you know your objective or, or whatever your call to action may well be um, so yeah networking it, it's coming back um and i know a few of you um today may well be um looking to pursue a career in event management um we're already seeing um positive signs i mean for those of you who like music the music festivals are coming back on you know my, my kids are going to Boardmasters, reading i think leeds as well um we have cop 26 in glasgow uh in november there's even talk about england hosting the euros which has been delayed by a year um in june so kind of the whole event management the networking opportunities entertainment uh, industries and hospitality will all be impacted um, and it will need a completely different hybrid approach to not just managing people in person but also those that can't attend and don't want to attend but still want to be part of it so that's where we kind of see the virtual the immersive experience and digital engagement really kind of coming into play um, and you know and, and the other thing that's going to be different that we need to adapt to as well will be the logistical side 
of of events and networking as well so we have to think ahead and we have to be prepared for what those changes will be you know will there be an element of social distancing will we see even more um, forms of contactless kind of payments to minimize um, you know touch points um, uh, at these venues um, we're going to have kind of uh, test and trace technology and infrastructure in place as well so the whole landscape I think of of, of events and event management and the opportunity to you know to network will change moving forward so um, writing wordsmithing as I call it um, you know we, we talk about really getting to understand your audience who you're communicating to and that one size fits all approach just simply doesn't work in this day and age um, so I've come up with some some very kind of loose examples of things to to consider when you're writing um, whether it be an email whether it be a, a dissertation, you know, a report, um, whether it be if you're on work placements and, and uh, um, starting uh, employment, the use of words to, to, to really kind of make an impact uh, and make sure that the recipient really understands clearly what you're asking for, what the call to action is. So that use of common language becomes really, really important. Okay, and I'll, let me give you a, a, a a very kind of small example there. I think I've put on the uh, the second slide a little bit of background about myself. I actually added in, I think, four bullet points uh, about me. Um, you know, I'm 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 married. I've got three kids, two dogs. Um, lived in Asia for for 23 years. Uh, I I'm a foodie. Uh, love skiing. Really love skiing. And I'm an avid golfer. Um, uh, yeah, an avid golfer. Let's let's just leave it there. That tells you a little bit about me, you know, and, and the common language to engage with me is to is to understand, you know, a little bit about me. How, how can I establish that common thread that's going to connect with Andrew? So, um, like I say, if, if you if you talk to me about Asia, if you talk to me about kind of what food I like from, you know, China, Sichuan food, etc., you know, you're going to you're going to get my attention straight away because there's that commonality. We have that common thread. So it's kind of use a common language, get to really understand the audience and the person that you're engaging with. You know, if, if you're writing emails, use a very kind of clear subject heading. It's got to stand out. It's it's almost like the fold on a newspaper. Um, not many people actually go to news agents anymore and buy newspapers, but back in the day, we used to look at the fold. Newspapers are folded in half and you would make your decision based on what the headline was that really kind of stood out and appealed to you. So your subject heading has got to really appeal. Um, always be courteous, you know, um, hi, hey, dear, you know, and sign off nicely as well. I. I have a, a real dislike for people that, that don't personalize emails. It, it's, it's just like an instruction. Um, make sure you have a, a, you know, a real clear call to action. I think in, in longer form writing, the, uh, the, the one piece of advice that, that was passed down to me was always kind of follow the, the five W's and the one H. So it's the, the who, what, where, when, why, and how, okay? And, and you know, the last two points, edit everything edit everything uh, I sometimes actually get you know my wife or other people to sometimes look at what I've written just to get a fresh pair of eyes and a different perspective on it and then check 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 again okay so basic tips there um, but 
they're proven and they work and they're very successful. Um, some things to, 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 to think about not doing, okay? Um, and again, this is basically kind of based on, on, on my, I guess my personal dislike. Um, I'm not a fan of exclamation marks, you know, in, in, in the written word and emails, you know, it's, it's abrupt. Um, um, I don't really like the use of capitals because that's shouty in email terms. Avoid acronyms. And this goes back to really understanding your audience. You know, if you're, if you're speaking to an engineer, for example, um, and um, they have a depth of knowledge on a certain subject matter and you've engaged with them before about a certain, uh, certain area of the business, it might be acceptable, but only if you know them well. Um, and I've said, you know, never, just so you know, by the way, JSYK, never abbreviate. Yeah, I don't think it's appropriate anymore. Um, but don't write in text. Apparently that means don't write in text. Um, and don't assume people like emojis. Um, some people really don't. And again, it's down to knowing your audience and in what context you're communicating with that individual. And, and don't make it all about you. You know, make it, make it about the person that you're writing to, that you're communicating with. So just some small tips really there on kind of writing and the importance of writing. Um, <clears throat> and your digital DNA. I mean, you're, you know, going to be embarking on a really, really important chapter of your lives. You know, you're studying hard. Um, there will come a, a time when you'll be embarking on, you know, the next chapter of your of your life and looking at um, careers across many different industries. You know, think long and hard about your digital footprint, your digital DNA, because it's everywhere. You know, it really is everywhere. Um, so, so take your social media profiling seriously. Um, it's, a, it's an immediate reflection of how people view you. And again, it's that first impression um which which goes a long way it counts a lot um my advice would be if you have a number of social media channels you know distinguish between what's personal and what's professional keep them totally separate you know your personal stuff locked down in you know tight security settings um because you don't want any kind of skeletons you know coming out from a closet in that kind of professional arena as well um you know, I think it's always best to, to represent your best self on social media, be consistent with what you're talking about uh, and always interesting as well. So take your social media, you know, positioning really, really seriously. Um, <clears throat> now I'm, I'm just kind of coming down and then we'll go through a, through a Q and A um, session at, at the end. Um, Career choices, uh, you know, the one thing about the PR industry is it's incredibly diverse, it's incredibly varied. Um, we have a, a many different kind of range of, of options um, for you to experience and, and to pursue at different levels of, of, your, of your kind of uh, your studies as well. Um, these can vary from working within PR agencies like my own, um, to taking in-house comms positions with brands. Um, these could be full-time, part-time, freelance, contract works. Uh, we look at degree placements, internships and apprenticeships. And, and, and 
you know, the variety is, is, is huge. I mean, I've, I've come from a media background, so I like writing, I, I like media relations, but I really love strategy. Um, but the peer industry, you know, manages events as well. So we're a big proponent of event management for our clients. Um, there's graphic design, there's web dev, there's, you know, search engine optimization, um, there's influencer engagement. You know, so what social media influencers are we working with? Um, and it's broken down into many different sectors as well. So, you know, if you like government relations or, or public affairs, a big component of PR, you know, we have healthcare, technology, corporate, travel and tourism, sports management, FMCG. So it, it really is incredibly varied by focus area and by skill set as well. So um, it's a very, very exciting um, career choice to make if, if that's something that you wanted to pursue. Um, and then in terms of kind of getting that helping hand um, and, and that leg up into the profession, um, there are a couple of great organizations I mean, the PRCA on, on the far right there, um, they're the, the professional trade body that, that represents and, and kind of governs the profession. Um, and they also have a, a super kind of global reach um, through their umbrella organization called uh, ECO. Um, they do have a membership um, uh, for students. I think it's about 15 pounds. Um, and then you've got a lobby near 20% of that um, for that as well. Um, but, but really good. And they also do have a link that talks about kind of paid internship positions that are currently available um, with agencies um, throughout the UK. They have a, a superb PRCA apprenticeship program. Um, with my last agency, actually, we, we, we took on a couple of brilliant, brilliant students um, who, complete, who completed their, uh, their apprenticeship program. Um, I'm a big, big, big fan big fan of it it's really really good it gives you on the job training um and i think every friday as well is dedicated to to kind of your study day your knowledge learning um they've got some great kickstarter programs that's more for you know for for young professionals who are on kind of universal credit um and they also have a, a great jobs board which they share with a, another industrial uh, industry publication called pr week as well um, the Taylor Bennett Foundation um, is a charity that, that kind of really kind of caters for the BAME uh, graduates to pursue a career in, in comms and PR. Um, superb, superb charity, really good. Again, another great jobs board. Um, they have a, a masterclass series um, of different kind of agency thought leadership series. Um, and again, they've got some, some really wonderful internship and mentoring programs. Um, as well but can't stress enough do keep your social media profiles up to date and really professional um, you know employers will always do a quick kind of google search on who you are um, they'll look at your your digital footprint um, and see what you've been talking about what you've been sharing online before making a decision you know um, but the one piece of advice I would give is please do try and gain some form of work experience. If you can, you know, start writing content. Um, people like myself love that, you know, love kind of receiving kind of insights from young, from young professionals, um, love to understand kind of what's on your mind as well. Um, and, and, you know, and if you are passionate about writing content, make sure that you repurpose it across the different social channels as well. So, 
if you're writing articles and you're publishing them on your own LinkedIn profile, you know, condense it down, repurpose into a short form onto onto Twitter. Make sure that you know you're able to to illustrate the stories as well, so you can repost that image you know, onto uh, onto Insta and so forth. And you know, if you're up for it as well, short grab video. Um, very, very powerful medium nowadays as well. So, you know, really try and own a topic, um, be passionate about, you know, an interest. Um, you know, employers do really want to kind of read about your thoughts, your, you know, your blogs, your opinion pieces, and research papers. So uh, make sure that you have those to hand. Um, anyway, I've, I've been speaking for far too long, but that, that kind of really comes to the end of the, the presentation. So I, I hope you've hope you found it of, of some use. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, uh, to take questions. And also, you know, in, in the coming days, weeks, months, if ever you wanted to kind of to reach out and you wanted some advice um, or insights into PR as a profession that you would consider pursuing, you know, I'd be delighted to, to help in any way I possibly can. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Andrew. Um, that's that was a very very um, informative um, uh, session, and I think it's it's great to see that some of the, especially when you're talking about the careers um, side of it, it, it's great to kind of get some of our advice that we give to students verified from, from industry experts as well. That's that's always a good sign um, a that, we're, yeah, that we are doing the right thing, but also, you know, great to hear at the beginning of your presentation as well about the, the, the need for uh, communications industry to be more you know socially responsible in the way they behave in the way they act so that's that's you know um, really great thank you very much thank you for listening to the big picture podcast series you can find our podcast on spotify apple and google podcasts subscribe to never miss an episode 